and do it that way. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we dude, we could set that up. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I have enough plates to make that look cool though. Oh we yeah, could, yeah, yeah. That's we right. could edit that, right? I mean, they got yeah. all kinds of cool CGI stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Uh welcome to the Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast. Jacob Dalin here, your host. Today we have Derek Gibson, who is with Mountain River Physical Therapy in the mountains of Virginia. Uh uh Thank you for coming on the podcast. We're going to talk about some some uh, strength and conditioning and physio stuff today. Yeah. Thank you, Jacob. Absolutely. I'm excited. This episode is brought to you by Scandlux, your home for Scandinavian luxury products for the U.S. market. You can find us at scandlux.com. Yeah. So uh, in the background, we'll, we'll release this. We have an audio portion and we have a video portion that comes on YouTube and we'll try them together. So you're in your uh, home gym now. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was it was appropriate uh, to you know do a fitness podcast at my you know my fitness layer. So yeah. I thought this was this was cool. We were joking offline a little bit about ripping some squats in the background, but maybe maybe we'll do that in the in the uh, teaser on the on the Instagram teaser for this, for this <laughs> podcast. So. Absolutely, <laughs> you're better at doing it than I will. I can promise you that. So. <laughs> Here's kind of what I wanted to talk about. You know, we, you and I got together uh, through, uh, actually through my son's kind of going through this FMS uh, process, um, uh, his uh, junior uh, aspirations are, you know, it's a, it's a test that they want him to do to identify kind of his mobility and, and stability and strength kind of components. Well, not the strength components, but so I started looking around and realized that that the guys that started that was right up in your neck of the woods. And and then I got in touch with my buddy, Chris Kerr at Liberty. And he said, well, these are the two places that that you should call. And you're one of them. And 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 so that's kind of how we got together. Um, give us a little bit of background about you and then then kind of what you then we'll go into what you do and then we'll go deep into an fms specifically and how you train hockey players yeah 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 so uh uh, my background so i went to liberty university for my undergraduate degree uh that's where chris and i chris kerr we got to meet and uh we were both in the exercise science program and my initial interest was strength and conditioning so i wanted to be a strength coach i wanted that weight room atmosphere but then I came to the clinic I'm at now for an internship, and I thought, I was like, this is really cool where they take rehab, whether you're, you know, a 65-year-old person learning to sit up and, you know, stand up and sit down from a chair, or you're a college football player that's learning a box squat. You know, they're, they're kind of the same thing if we scale it, you know, and so I thought that was a really cool place to be. Um, but at the time, I didn't have all the necessary classes to go to PT school, so I actually went to physical therapist assistant school, which is a two-year program. And so I did that first uh, and then worked a little bit, uh, started my family and then convinced my wife while we had children to go back to PT school for my DPT. So, uh, and I did that in Knoxville, Tennessee in South College. Um, okay. So that that's my journey to, to physio. And then from that point, um, my, you know, I've been at Mountain River, uh, which is um, at uh, Functional Movement Systems headquarters. So, Mountain River, our clinic is is uh, in Chatham, and then right across the street, the FMS headquarters. I mean, probably you know, I don't know, fifteen twenty yards from the the clinic is the all the, the filming studio and everything they have for FMS. So there's a lot of collaboration. Gray and Lee are able to come in and out, and we're able to to collaborate on things. And then 
you know, mentor us and, and keep us, you know, up to date with everything they're doing with those things. And I was about to ask that. So are you, so you guys are affiliated uh, with that or is that the physical therapy clinic? And then that's the, the side thing or how does that work? Yeah. So they, they are, I would say their own separate entities, uh, but they, coll we collaborate. So, um, you know, Gray had a relationship with the owner of Mountain River. Uh, his name is Burt Reed. So he's a physical therapist he got to connect with and he really liked the stuff Gray was doing. So he uh, got Bert to bring a clinic to Chatham, which is Gray's hometown. Um, and so we, they were able to establish a PT clinic while also growing uh, the FMS side of things. And it just worked out to be a beautiful relationship where, you know, we try to deliver the, the, the best in physical therapy care to the community and others that want to come in to, to get that care, but also incorporating the FMS philosophy and what we do. Yeah, and and I I need to give them a plug because uh, I know they have their own podcast, and I've listened to a bunch of their episodes, and it's kind of entertaining. You know, I I'm originally from Sweden, but I came to the U.S. 1993, so I'm aging myself okay. in Howie, Virginia. So it's not too far away from uh, from where you're. I know you're from Gretna. Yeah. And, and not too far away from from Chatham. So when we were talking about FMS with Eric's um, guy who's up in Toronto, Canada. Yeah. And they were talking about FMS and I didn't know anything about FMS. What the heck is FMS? And then I found out about. Oh, yeah. Well, is the guys who started it are in Chatham, Virginia. So when was the first time the small world? When was the first time that you got introduced to FMS and how does that, okay, when you first started looking into that, what, what did that do to you? Yeah. You, you know, to be honest, the, uh, the FMS certification was my very first certification. So I was actually, um, I want to say a junior at Liberty and, you know, I was still trying to figure out things. And, and there was a, 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 we had a professor that, that actually left Liberty to go work at, at the Mountain River Clinic uh, and get some mentorship from those guys. And, he was able to recruit Liberty students that were interested in doing that kind of stuff. And so I went up and checked it out and they're like, um, Hey, if you're interested, you know, you can get certified and you just basically have to show up and do screens for like, there's a basketball prep school that's in Chatham. So there's a lot of kids that go there for, for prep school. And then they go D one after that usually, but there's, there's a good talent pool and a good exposure to athletes, whether it's at Liberty or there. But so yeah, I got a chance to get introduced to the system that way and then really see how they use it with athletes and then the average person, you know, uh, um, the folks that walk in off the street and how it could serve both, both populations. Um, so yeah, that, that was my first certification and exposure. And then really it shaped how I, like when I went to PT school, you know, there's a lot of principles and philosophies that FMS uses that I still carry on to this day. And it makes more sense now that I've gone through graduate school I have a deeper understanding. Uh, I always joke. I always talk about the Bruce Lee quote. It's like a, you know, punch was a punch, a kick was a kick kind of deal. And you kind of circle back through and, you know, become simple again. Um, that that for me was was the start of my journey. But it helps me, I think, treat uh, so much better as a physical therapist. Um, so and what's the I forget what is the um, what's the prep or the the JUCO there in Chatham? Um, oh, the, you mean Hargrave? Hargrave, Hargrave yeah. I, yeah, I mean, uh -huh. I, I remember you not to go off too much of a side tangent, but because that is, is that considered prep school or is that considered junior college? Well, so they, they do it's a, have it's like a military a, school, right? It is. They'll have like your normal, uh, I think up to like from ninth to 12th grade, but then they have that prep school 
for uh, the, you know, the postgraduates there that want to do the basketball program. Yeah. So, and also football. I mean, I know that there's a lot of D D one football athletes that come through there as well. Right. Yeah. Well, it was the football, they still have football, but not the prep program for football players. So that has since kind of phased out and, and basketball is really their, their, their main push now. Cause okay. they're, they're, they're winning a lot of championships there. You know, uh, every coach that comes through there goes off and goes, you know, gets a college job. So it's, it's kind of a, you know, you go check this box to go to the next level situation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so, you know, you've, you've been now in practice for a while. Um, I think it's interesting to tie this in. So for those who don't know Liberty university, uh, been in Lynchburg forever, uh, Christian school there, uh, and their hockey program, which is kind of a, I mean, it's been, I mean, top-notch facilities. Uh, we're going up there tomorrow, as a matter of fact, and uh, great coaches and 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 uh, plays in the ACHA D1. They probably could be NCAA if they wanted to uh, and, and have been running their programs like that. But Chris Kerr, talk about, so you and Chris graduated together. Yeah, yeah. I got to meet Chris. It's funny, when I was going through that transition of, you know, um, I wanted to, you know, we were graduating and I think Chris applied for, there was a strength and conditioning job and someone was leaving and him and a few other guys were, were applying for it. Uh, and I remember him getting it because he seemed so progressive and forward thinking compared to the other guys, um, which, which I kind of, you know, uh, meshed with and I liked. And that's when I kind of made my transition to Mountain River at that time as uh, like a volunteer or a tech, you know, I just, I just wanted to be around those guys and maybe I could get a little paid, uh, paid money to, you know, <laughs> Uh, learn some of these things that they're doing. Um, yeah. So, so th that was our connection then. And, and since then, we've been able to cross paths, um, you know, since I've gone back to, to Chowna Mountain River or if I come back to Liberty because I still stay involved with some of their things. And um, we have a, a professor, uh, Jeff Lowe's. He has the Sport and Spine Institute in Lynchburg. Um, and, he, and he's a, I think his background is in hockey, but he's a chiropractor by trade. Yeah. Um, so we've been able to collaborate there and, and the strength and conditioning and rehab community is so well connected and small in Lynchburg that, you know, Chris and I always bump into each other. I mean, we try to schedule things where we come down like at a homecoming or something and, and you know, get some barbecue and talk shop. You know, we always he's been down to the clinic. Actually, he's uh, I have a current PT student that's in his clinical rotation that Chris is our connection. Um, he, he Chris said, hey, come on down to shadow if you like it, come back. And that was a year ago. And, and the kid, you know, David is his name. David came back and he's doing fantastic. He's a, he's got a hockey background. So I've learned a lot more about hockey, you know, from the sport aspect, uh, hanging out with him. So. Well, let's use that as an example. Cause I think that, all right, you take a, uh, cause I think that the, the, the topic here about FMS, but it's really a, 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 a tool in the grander, greater, grander topic of the, of the, how do you build a hockey athlete? Right. And yeah. And, we spend so much time and energy talking about uh, and there's lots and lots of money in the sport about how do you gain an edge by becoming, having a better shot and a, and a, and a you know, faster uh, skating or, you know, better skating stride and better edges and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But, but so much of that, what, what I'm realizing and, and I, and I wish I knew this early on uh, is if you can build your athlete first, they can become so much more able to do more in the game of hockey. So how do you, uh, and, and so much of it, it, it becomes this mumbled mess of preventative uh, 
uh, and and reactive and performance all mixed up in one. But but you know when I was talking to Chris about you know FMS, um, but, but let, let's go here. What is FMS? Let's go there. What is functional? So functional functional mobility system or fun, functional mobility screen was was started there in Chatham. Let's go with the background of how you know of FMS. Yeah, yeah. So the you know the the functional movement screen is it's really a baseline of seven tests that kind of it really grades it, it sets a quality standard for you know what is your movement for these tests you know and, and in my opinion it's it's pretty you know simple right the bar is kind of low if you can do these things then you can go to the next level you know or whatever you know that and and to give you a little bit more about fms it's it's a system you know the fms is or the functional movement screen is only one portion of this you know so there is a selective functional movement assessment that is more of the medical model that i use more often right now daily just because i see a lot of people more often than not, people come to me hurt. You know, I rarely see folks when they're like, hey, I feel great. What can we do? You know, that's just, you know, I love, I, I want to see, I wish it was more of that, you know, pre, you know, preventative medicine. But uh, so I use that. And then the FMS for me is, as a clinician is, so if they pass the selective functional movement assessment, uh, they go to the FMS screen. And if they can pass the screen as an average, everyday person, no pain and smooth, then, I'm, then for me, that's good discharge criteria. I say, Hey, you can you can deep squat, you can do a push up, you know, you can do a lunge, right? So I feel much more confident that I won't have to see you back here in two weeks or six months or whatever that is. Um, so, so you use that uh, fairly regularly in your day to day process with general folks. Absolutely. Whether you're, you know, and, and we tailor it to the person, you know. So I see post surgical folks. You know, will they do it day one? No, but. In six, eight months or whenever you become off of that, you know, that surgical healing timeline that the surgeon wants you to go through, I'm going to probably take you through some of those aspects to make sure that, you know, because it's a feedback system for me. Like if you pass that, I know I did a good job on your rehab. And if you didn't, then I need to do a little bit more shoring up those those uh, loose ends. So so let's go through them. I, the, the seven moving patterns. I've got the website up open here, uh, which is uh, uh and this is a PDF. It gave me a, if, if you, if you Google functional movement screen, you'll find it right away. But the first one is deep squat. Second one, hurdle step, inline lunge, shoulder mobility, active straight leg uh, race, trunk stability, push up, and then rotary, rotary stability, which, uh, so what is that? Those seven, it, it uses pretty much all of your body and all your body joints, right? Right, right. It's, you know, it's comparable. It's a screen. It lets us know, you know, uh, and to give you a background, it's got a grading system, right? Three, you can do it. Nope, it's perfect, right? A two, you can do it with compensation. A one, you can't do it at all. And then a zero is you have pain. And for me, if I'm coming at this from more of a fitness or strength and conditioning perspective, you know, when I take you through this, I want to see, you know, number one, do you have pain? Because if you have pain with any of these simple movements, then we don't even need to talk about training. We got to figure out what, you know, why you're hurting. Um, and so it helps me identify that. The other piece is from an exercise prescription standpoint of, you know, all right, you did these seven movements. You didn't have pain, so that's great, but you had a few ones, right? So if you had a one on your deep squat, then maybe when I program some kind of squatting pattern movement, you know, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to try to adjust that so that you don't get injured squatting. Cause 
you know, the, the last thing I want you to do is get injured preparing to get better at your sport. So I think from that standpoint, it helps me better prescribe the exercises that you need. And then as we're modifying the exercises so you can squat or, or whatever that may be, um, you know, we're working on how do I make your squat better so you pass this test at some point. Yeah. So what's interesting about the timing here, of course, we're recording this beginning of July, but so we just it, it, we're on the eve of last week we did the NHL draft. So during the draft combine, all the teams were having players in, and the FMS has been a part of the the screens. They do a bunch of different tests, but the FMS is one that they give to everybody. Not sure who got that in, but it's kind of interesting that a couple of boys from uh, Chatham, Virginia. Uh, come up with a, a a process or a system that is now widely used, not just in NHL, but then it gets translated all over the world. But it's a it doesn't take any equipment. It's easy to do. It's fast, and it gives you. It's not going to be the be all end all, but it's it's it is something that is, um, it's a component of the of the combine. Just like they do the salt bike, uh, they do the number of push-ups and and all that kind of stuff. And it gives you then a snapshot. Um, it's not the MRI on every joint, but you can't do that with everybody universally. So here's a snapshot that, that you give. So let's say that you have now not a post-surgical patient, but you have the young athlete. So take my son who's 18 and we were talking about him earlier on, but let's take, let's use him as a guinea pig here. What do you, how do you, when you push him through uh, and do an FMS, first of all, how long does it normally take? Half hour? For just the screen itself? Yeah. I, 10 minutes. At, at, you 10 know, minutes. We, we, so yeah. So it's simple, right? You don't right. need much equipment or any. Then you need a, you, you, you need a stick or something to hold on to or something. <laughs> right, right. So you can use a hockey stick if you want to use that or or, or <laughs> any kind of two before or whatever. What do you, so you go through this and now you have a score. You're not going to use, or can you use that in comparison to a non-healthy athlete as well? Or are we talking too much apples and oranges? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because my student we were talking about, he has to do a service project. And one of the things he's interested in is doing the, the functional movement screen on some of the Liberty hockey players. Right. And starting to establish, you know, what does the movement profile look like for those hockey players? Do we can give you an idea? You know, do we consistently see that their push up is bad or their deep squat is bad? Is that a common theme? So, you know, like you're saying at the combine that, hey, more we're finding more hockey players have this issue. You know, you you can probably, you know, I haven't seen your screen, but you probably want to make sure you're, you're taking care of that is kind of what he's coming from and he's interested in. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I would say, like, if your your son comes in healthy uh, and there's no issues, because part of before I'm doing the screen is, you know, a detailed history. Right. We're getting to know each other. What's your background? When did you hit a growth spurt and all this stuff? Um, and then you know, the screen helps me see how you move. What can we do? You know, what, what's next steps. Right. Um, so I think at that point, you know, as far as comparing it to someone that's injured, I would almost rather, you know, just take the information from what it gives me for that specific person in front of me. Yeah. Um, and, but I would like to compare it though. And I like this idea though, because my colleague and my mentor that I'm in the clinic with Allison Howell, she just got back from the uh, MLB combine. And so, 
they do. It's very similar to the NHL, right? They got a bunch of different tests and the FMS is one of those things. And so you can, they start to collect data and start to see, Hey, here's a consistent theme we see with baseball guys. And I think the same thing can happen for hockey, right? If we start at the highest levels and start to establish, you know, here's things we see with the screen that show up, you know, often you can start to, I can pull that data. And then when I screen your son, I can say, Hey, he's falling right in line with where the pros are right now, you know, yeah. or he's below the standard of what we've seen when the pros go through this test. So, um, so what are the common things? If you, if there are things that you see just in general, and maybe we can then talk about hockey players. So what are the things that, that you, that you often find when you're done with the screen? Yeah. What are common problems, so to speak. So I would say, and, and you know, with the screen, and I like the word screen, it just kind of, it's almost like blood pressure, right? If I take your blood pressure and it's 140 over 90, you know, I don't know if it's because you're anxious or, you know, you got, a, you know, some other vascular issue going on. I need to do a deeper dive. Yeah. So, the, so, right. So the screen does, it's kind of very similar. Like it lets me know, hey, you can't do this. I don't know why you can't do it yet, but I need to dig deeper on those things. So, you know. And I would say typically what I would see now, it varies population. You know, I would say like, for instance, female volleyball players, I usually see rotary stability and a push-up are, are usually not very good, but which are stability strength tests. Right. But I still see like their flexibility is pretty good. You know, they, their shoulders move great. Their leg raise looks good. We're not spending a lot of time stretching. We're doing more stuff that's stability based and building those things up. Versus my, let's just say, a hard grave running back, right? Or, or the basketball guys. Man, they have locked up ankles. Their, their leg raise is terrible, and their shoulders don't move real well. They're just bound up and stiff. All right, so when you say stability, mm -hmm. let's clarify what stability really means. Okay. So for me, the way I would, would classify that, so I first say mobility is really – just do you have the available range, right? Can you can you lift your arm to the you know over your head? Can you touch your toes? Can you lift your legs up? Uh, the stability for me would be control of that range of motion, if that makes sense. So okay. if you so and, and to give you a deeper dive because that's where the selective functional movement assessment comes in for me often is uh, I will have someone that um, can't touch their toes, right? And then I'll, they, I'll raise my hand, right? <laughs> so. I do a fancy trick where I take them. It's called the toe touch progression. Chris may have introduced that to you at some point, but uh, well, and maybe we will at some point, but I'll take them through this little party trick and they can touch their toes. And they're like, wow, I'm so much more loose. And really all I did was I created more stability through that, through, through an exercise. If you were truly stiff and you had a lot of restricted motion, there's, I'd have to do a lot more hands-on stuff. I couldn't just take you through something to... Uh, open that up, right? Your your nervous system and your brain are keeping you protected for some reason, right? And that that's kind of a, a maybe a drastic case, but a stability focus that that I'm looking to address on that. So, so um, take the take the number six here, trunk stability push up, which uh -huh. is a, so you are. It's not a normal push up. You normally have so so normally you push that right. You have it right. Uh, in in the in in the area um like a normal push-up but what you're doing is you're moving the arms forward how far out typically so you will have it for, for like a guy like yourself i'd have it about forehead here and then okay. you come out even with your shoulders right so okay. the arms are a little bit more ahead of you right 
Cause I want to see, you know, can you organize your trunk when you do that, that push up from that position? Do I see a lag? Does your core get weak? Does your chest come up, then your hips, right? Or does it, uh, you know, I see you come as one uniform motion. So the stability there is the uniform motion and smoothness of that motion. Right, right. And again, I would say control of that motion, you know, can, you know, I can't tell from the screen, can you not do the push up because your shoulders are stiff or is it because you just lack the coordination and control, like getting your muscles to work in a, in a uh, uniform fashion to do the activity, you know, or something else limiting you back. So I have to dive deeper to figure out which one of those things. So, so this is going to be a cool little project here. Cause when Eric will do the, uh, do the FMS, I'm just going to do it parallel and oh, yeah. record, we'll record both. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm sure we're going to have a big chuckle over that. Cause I can see like, you know, I'm 48 and, you know, I, I know my, I know my problems, but this is going to really exasperate. It's going to really show them, show them where they are. Well, that's really cool. So now, so now you, you're completed with this, you identify. So what do you do with the information? Now you identify some problem areas, like you're saying with the, with the, what, what was your example with the running back as an example? He has high, high, uh, what, what was his tip typically what you see there? Yeah. So let's just say, you know, I screened his leg raise and he had a one, right? No pain. He just can't do it. And his shoulders, he doesn't move real well. And I see a one. Now, the way the FMS is structured, like if you took a course would be you want to try to improve the uh, the mobility stuff first that you can. Right. And the shoulder mobility and the leg raise are, are two of those things, because if your shoulders and your hips are moving a little bit better, you know, I think that th those are usually easier to, to, to grab uh, in some instances. But if you follow that kind of treatment algorithm, we'll try to clear those things up. And that's also looking at everything else. Right. Did he did he have pain with something else? Right. Because I need to figure out why that's hurting. Um, but if it's just the shoulders and his hips that are stiff, what I do then is we decide and it depends on your skill set. Right. If you're a strength coach maybe you prescribe certain stretches and activities that open up those shoulders so that they become, so they go from ones to twos uh, or twos to threes. But I would just say, you know, you don't have to shoot for the three, but you can, you know, just get them where the minimum threshold that you need to compete. And, um, and, what, and what we're talking about here is assuming that there's not an injury. Correct. Correct. Again, that's where the, uh, I would say for me specifically, if you come in and I'm going to use the screen, I already know a lot about, who you are, what sports you do, you know, what you eat for breakfast. You know, I know a lot about you so that I can make a better decision on the things I want to test with you along with the screen. Yeah. So, and, and the other thing I'm really interested in is, is, and we just recorded with Joachim Tananda in, in Sweden about, you know, how your body is made up and your body is supposed to work in unison. You know, when you have, there's a reason why you have a bicep and a tricep. Right. Yeah, right, and right. You just have a bicep. And if you have a twice proportionate bicep over your tricep, it's not going to work right. You're not going to have optimal performance. So you want both. Right, you want to have a, a, a strong quad and a strong hamstring. You want to have a strong ab and a strong back. You know, there's a pronation and supination, I guess, is the if I remember back in anatomy and physiology back in the day, but you know, it all works together. And I mean, if we're trying to build an athlete, you want to have proportionate strength, proportionate uh, mobility and stability. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Sym- symmetry is how I would sum that up. Right. You <laughs> yes, yeah, or, or balance. Right. Um, there's a great book, uh, Gray, that the uh, one of his first ones he's written, The Athletic Body in Balance. And it kind of discusses some of that. You know, is there a, and I do this a lot in clinic. Is there a difference left versus right, you know, or front to back, you know, and if we can and the screen helps us identify some of those things. Like if you have a leg raise, right. You can raise one leg higher than you can raise the other. Well, you know, you got a two on one and a one on the other. That could be problematic depending on your sport. So maybe we need to clean that up. And, you know, that puts you at risk for other things. All right. This brings up my next subject. And that is or next where it leads into here. Really interesting. So do you find a lot of people that are uninjured but have been training wrong and then re re making things worse because they're continually to gr- uh, uh, increase the 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 the, uh, the gap between this muscle versus this muscle because of yeah. how they work yeah i would say now i would say like if we're dealing with like statistics you know there's always outliers right there's always the guy that can train very poorly and still has great outcomes and still is a stellar performer um and then there's always you know the people on the other end of the spectrum on those things. But I would say clinically what I've seen is that, you know, some of those folks end up having a more, uh, have an injury later on because of the things they keep, you know, they compound the effect and eventually catches up with them, you know? And I like to, to, you know, sometimes I'll see that with young kids that you can do, a, you can pretty much do anything with a kid and they'll get stronger because they're growing, they're changing, they're adapting. I think it really matters. And I think it's really cool. Like if you have a high level athlete and, you train them, you have to know what you're doing because if you give them the wrong thing, it's going to, you know, make their performance suffer, you know, because at at that level, they're having to really, you know, train differently and do different things. But I will say in, you know, as far as like injury side, and it's going to set them up for for being hurt. um, I think some of the things like, you know, uh, let's just say they're training wrong. I think they put a limit on their potential, if that makes sense. So, you know, maybe you're operating at 70% of what you could do, but if your, you know, locked up ankle is still there, then you're, you're, the ceiling has been met, then you can't go any further than for what activity you're wanting to do. But if you train a little different and ca- capture some of those low hanging fruits, then your performance can probably go to another level. Yeah. And I mean, I know that everybody wants to put on the plates and do, you know, big squats and put the chains on there and you know and 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 all that but maybe and then you got the guy over there that's just using the bands you know right right and and but they're doing a lot more or or you know which one is really the 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 best training method right um and i i guess and here's the other thing that this leads into that is individual training versus group training what's your thoughts on that you know i think you can do group training if you if you do it right um you know like for instance i was having this discussion because i do where i went to high school um i still try to do some things with the the football team there uh, because i I was a former football player and i enjoy you know doing stuff for this community that i live in and grew up in Um, but one of the things you know we were able to look at and do is we took, we did an FMS screen. So um, we screened all the, all the folks, right. And we, you know, put in some software and it spit out, okay, here's all our, you know, this, these folks have problems with these areas. So we were then able to, you know, 
give a group, say, hey, these guys all have leg raise problems. These guys all have push-up problems. So in a group sense, I made that group work on things together and has a little bit of a competitive atmosphere, right? They can, oh, no, I can do this better. No. And so they kind of push each other and get going in the same atmosphere as in this group. And so they work on those things in those smaller groups. And then when we come together for practice, right, there's a little bit more camaraderie. They've worked on their movement deficits and they're playing better and they're more receptive to training. Yeah, I think that that's really, really interesting, and 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 I think unfortunately, and I mean, I think high school athletics is 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 similar here in the U.S. where you may not have resources, and especially you take football as an example, where you got lots and lots of players, and you have a lot more players than you do coaches, and and you definitely have a lot lot less coaches that know what the heck they're doing. Right. Absolutely. absolutely. So it's really, really. I mean, I can empathize as a coach you know, it's really difficult to herd this group. Um, and, and so the simpler, the better, but I think sometimes it's, it's, it's hard to kind of get the most efficiency or the most effectiveness out of, out of an athlete when you do it that way. And I think that brings up the point of, I mean, in order to get ultimate performance, so much of it depends on that athlete themselves to be able to say, I'm going to, I know what my deficiencies are and I'm going to, within this group setting or within this time period that we're going to be in the gym, I am going to focus on these things while we're doing all of this. Right. 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 It's and not think- so much, you know, everybody's going to do exactly this, but allowing, and I think allowing some flexibility within the time frame within a group setting is important. Yeah. And I was just going to say, you know, that it's almost like in the pros, you know, I think strength coaches now get like, I don't know, six to eight weeks to work with their athletes, you know, or at least NFL wise is what I'm more familiar with. And um, so you think about, all right, man, it's a lot of change you're trying to do in six weeks. And a lot of these guys come in with their own trainer, their own background, their own thing they're doing. And so I think there's a lot of value in, you know, unity, you know, when everybody's kind of working together, there's a similar system um, involved so that everyone's communicating from like for me, for instance, if I am familiar with the screen and my football coach and the strength coach are familiar with the screen, we're all speaking the same language. So we don't have any issues. You know, if he can't do something, the coach is very much aware of what those things in and why it's important for us. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So, um, so what's your opinion then on, I mean, you know, FMS is, is, is widely used for the pros and the Liberty guys are, are using it. Is it, is it widely used across the board everywhere? Or is it this unknown thing that people should take advantage of more? Yeah. You know, um, I would say just, just to my knowledge, I know that like, like I was telling you the, the ML, MLB, the major league baseball, Yep. Uh, is utilizing it. The NHL, um, I believe the N- uh, the NFL um, is, is doing stuff with that um, and a few other leagues. Um, and I would say, you know, and that's one of my tasks that I've put on myself for this community, because when I grew up, you know, FMS was getting going and that was a, they were using it, but no one knew about it. You know, I remember when I first went to the clinic and you see all these pictures of these famous people that Gray's worked with. And I was like, there's Peyton Manning. And I was like, how come I didn't know that growing up? You know, my hometown and Gray's hometown are 15 minutes apart, right? We both have one stoplight and it, it, you know, it's a super small deal. 
So then I got to thinking, you know, maybe I can be that beacon to serve this community with those tools, you know, because if and I like car examples, but like if the NASCAR guys, they're using all those pit crew stuff, I can bring it to the, you know, the, the, the Ford Focus down here. Right. You know, and help those folks and really enhance, you know, their quality of life, their movement and their well-being. So um, I would say it, it depends on the area you go to, but I would say, you know, it's more familiar in the pro and college settings as opposed to everyday clinic life and, 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 you know, your, your normal PT clinics. So what is going to be the, the, the one, two things that is going to be beneficial for that young athlete, the 18, 17, 18 year old, when they do the FMS, is it going to be that self-actualization of knowing this is where you are? So now you can build from that or what, how do you, how do you then use it? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if athletes coming in, I, I think one, you, if you, let's just say kind of like you guys are planning on doing video yourself going through the screen the very first time, because if you really want to make change and you kind of realize, wow, you know, I'm a high level hockey player, but I can't do, you know, a certain movement, you know, film yourself going through it. And then in six to eight weeks, you know, find out whether it's a strength coach or a physio, whoever is making that recommendation work on those things and come back and film yourself and watch the change. I think that's cool because it sets a baseline of test retest. I couldn't do these things before, but then I could do it after. And then you realize, and I think it's a psychological boost too. Hey, I know this isn't a low hanging fruit for me, right? I know I can do these things. So I'm much more likely to be able to, whatever exercise coach is going to throw at me, I'll be ready for. Yeah. And it's both from a prevention standpoint, as well as optimization standpoint, right? Cor right, right. And I will say- yeah, perform. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause I, I like it, you know, um, cause there's, I would say injury. I like the word, the, the phrase injury reduction. I just think it's hard to prevent injuries. Right. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's one of the tools I like to use and, and you could talk to a bunch of different sports medicine guys and they'll give you different things. But, you know, for me, it's such a, a valuable tool that I've seen, you know, personally in, in the, in the trenches, you know, when certain people can't do certain things, uh, they're more at risk for, you know, certain injuries, you know, and I will say just like I practice in, in physical therapy, you know, I, there's a lot of special tests I use to determine if someone has a certain condition, but I don't use just one test. I use a multitude, a cluster of tests to help guide my decision making. So the FMS is, is one component of a multitude of testing that I do for, for athletes. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see because I... <laughs> You know, where's he going to be in the next five, 10, ye 10 years? If we look back what it was 10 years ago, uh, you know, there was a lot of things that we didn't do. And 20 years ago, I remember when I was growing up and, and you know, people were just start talking about, you know, optimizing diet for performance. And we thought that was weird. And now, you know, high school athletes are are, are having specialized diets and and you know it's it moves very very quickly so i'm sure that uh and and then i think it's you know we could spend multiple podcast episodes talking about different things cupping and dry needling and and all kinds of different things that optimizes performance um but i think this is an important and a fairly easy what what struck me is I I think that we got to be careful thinking that this is going to be the the be all end all which it isn't but it gives you an easy way to um to do some things to identify things that you can you can do something with at the end of the day if you don't do anything about it you're wasting time 
But if you're interested in in optimizing performance, you want to have a little bit of a roadmap to 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 work on and and knowing what what is good for one person may not be good for another. We're all built differently. You know, there's five foot five people and there's six foot five people. And and I'm sure that they move very differently. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So uh, it's going to be fun to kind of um, I'm, I'm interested in keeping this conversation. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to talk to Chris tomorrow, actually, and and pick his brain a little bit. Maybe I can get him on here, too. Uh, you know, he's such a shy guy. <laughs> but 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 yeah, you know, he's humble, I guess is the word I would use. But he is. He is. He's, he's, he's not a shy guy for those who yeah. know Chris. But <laughs> and Chris is a strength and conditioning guy for Liberty's D1 uh, men's and women's. But but just an awesome guy and lots and lots of knowledge there and brings a little bit. What, what I would like to have have a discussion with him is going to be. All right. Now, how do how do you take this data that guys that Derek provides we done the test now how do you how do you take this and how do you now use it with your group of of players that's what I would love to hear from him specifically about hockey yeah and you know I think that's that's a great point because I think that's the chance and that's why I love Chris so much because you know not only is he a a liberty guy but um you know the communication lines are open, right? Because Chris may do a screen and then find out, you know what, this is a tough, like, I think this is more medical. I'm going to send send you to to Derek, right? And then I see him and we do whatever we got to do, get that paint off or get something opened up and get it, you know, moving better. Send them back to Chris. Chris knows better than anybody how to get them strong, how to keep them on the ice, yeah. right? And if he can't, he knows to send them to me. And if I can't get somebody or if I got them going, doing good and they're ready to get strong, I'm like, go see Chris, right? But yeah. we have that collaboration, that kind of that mess you were talking about at the beginning. I think that's what's missing is collaboration between professionals, you know, where I don't want it to be the end all be all. I want to work with, you know, people that want to work with me and want to, you know, do what's best for the client in front of us. Yeah. Well, wrapping this up. So uh, for those who want to know more about FMS, I mean, you can you can you can Google that and you can find the YouTube videos and the podcasts that they have that. But, but for you, what's the best way to get in touch with you and your clinic? And I'm sure you're open to, you know, people that have questions and say, Hey, I, I may have this problem, but what's the best way? I know you're on LinkedIn. Uh, yes. You, you spell your name a little bit is not D E R E K, but it's what, what's the best way to reach you? D- yeah, yeah, yeah. I always that's always the the Derek D E R I C K, but I I do that often. It always tells me I spell it wrong, no matter what I'm typing it. But um, usually, so LinkedIn's one way to do it. Uh, but I'm also very active on my Instagram. That's at Derek Simpson. So D at D E R I C K S I M P S O N. Um, I, I uh, you know put some content on there that is. Um, more fitness, but mainly it's a lot of pictures of my kids. <laughs> it's kind of a little living scrapbook for me, but um, there is some some strength and conditioning, some physio related stuff uh, that I like to put on there too. But it's also an easy way to communicate and reach out to me if you because I love doing these chats like this uh, to get deeper discussions and dives into some of these topics. Yeah, awesome, awesome, and we'll we'll uh, we'll make sure that we get you on the on the uh on the bar there with lots of plates doing some squats maybe some really fancy music in the background and and we'll push out this episode uh, and that'll be the teaser 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll crank out some Metallica and put some, put you know, five cookies on there or something. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Derek, thanks for jumping on. This is interesting. Uh, hopefully, people in Sweden and you know, two thirds of the people. Th- th- this podcast was built to educate and inform North American listeners of Swedish junior hockey. Two thirds of the people that are listening are from Sweden, uh, but it's really, you know all over the world when we look at the the the, the, the information on where they're coming from uh, but the universal thing is is really people that are interested in hockey and people are interested in sports and you know hopefully people will get a nugget or two and 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 it's about challenging people to be thinking about how do I build the athletic body that can perform uh, the best way and you know we're going to be doing a, a series about mental, uh about um fast thinking and fast mind about uh how do you improve your mind and the hockey iq side of it but it's really that three-legged stool about the you know the on ice the off ice and then and then what goes in the in between your ears here too so hopefully we can educate and inform in those areas and, and bring people together so um derek thanks for jumping on and and we'll stay in touch for sure absolutely thank you so much Jacob. i appreciate it